first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Trophy Chase, Arizona. With the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Cody Smith, Houston, Texas. The Fantasy Draft Room is now on the clock. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase, and with me, as always, my man Cody. What do we got on tap for the people today? Uh, we got a Super Bowl recap. This is our first time going live and talking about anything on record since we've had the amazing Super Bowl that took place this Sunday. And then we've also got a bunch of new turnover in the NFL. All of the head coaching positions have been finally filled. And so we're going to run through those as well as some OC positions that could affect us for the fantasy football outcome. Absolutely. A lot of times people don't understand how important it is offensive schemes play into fantasy results. And so we'll look at some of these changes and what has happened. But we have a new Super Bowl champion, the Kansas City Chiefs. And what a game that was, man. Like that was probably the most entertaining Super Bowl I've seen in, I mean, since the comeback, really. Yeah, since 28-3. I mean, trying to think back to a couple of them. None of them really standing out right now. Um, you know, the Chiefs first one where San Francisco's leaving Tyreek wide open. Yeah. Um, you know, that that one's probably up there as well. But no, it was an absolutely great game down to the basically the last second. I mean, it did come down to the last play. Jalen Hurts obviously couldn't get the ball more than 20 yards because he accidentally stepped on his lineman's foot and slipped. Or it was wow. because we had that god awful fucking turf that he had to throw <laughs> that ball on. I mean that field condition was bad. We saw we saw uh, on one of the kickoffs Elliot slipping just just trying to kick the ball down the field. Hassan Reddick had talked about it quite a bit, talking about how the pass rush, like he wasn't making excuses. He he said he's like that you know we deserve to lose, but it was frustrating playing on a field where you feel like you've got your man beat and you can't make you know a cut like a simple cut to to go in on the quarterback. So, I mean, do you think that made a big difference in the outcome of the game? I mean, no sacks. I mean, one asterisk sack, I guess. Yeah, asterisk sack. But, I mean, it's on the other side of where we were talking about the trenches would be won. You know, it was yep. the Eagles' defensive line that was supposed to wreck Patrick Mahomes on the bum leg, keep him within the pocket, get to him, and create havoc back there. And they weren't able to do that. Now, was it because of the field conditions? I'm sure there were a play or two here or there where they might have actually, actually had him beat and slipped. And maybe that changes the outcome of the game. I wouldn't say so. You know, I think the offensive line just did a really good job. The scheme of Andy Reid calling that game was absolutely incredible with yeah. motion, motions going everywhere. Yeah, I think he actually used the field conditions to his advantage a couple of times, putting some of those guys in motion and then sending them back the other way real quick, just catching some short outs. I mean, absolutely great game plan by Andy Reid. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't a great game by Patrick Mahomes, but still, I mean, no turnovers, three touchdowns. What was it, under 200 yards or something like that? Yeah. That he threw four. So, like 180, I mean, yeah. they held him in check. They dominated time of position on the Eagles' side of the ball. But Patrick Mahomes is just that fucking guy. Like, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, it was a tale of two halves, really. It was, I mean, the Chiefs were down 10 at halftime. And, you know, or it just seemed like it was a different kind of game at that point. Or the Chiefs were up 10 at, at that point, And they just kind of ran away with it. Like, it was just one of those games, I believe, that um, they made the second half adjustments needed to win. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they came out and just absolutely they, – they were running a bunch of short stuff against that Philly defense, just moving the ball quickly down the field, and they couldn't really do anything – couldn't do anything about it coming back from, like you said, down 10 at the half, coming back to win by three. And I mean, could have been even more. I missed, I think, one of my props because uh, Butker doinked that first field goal that that hurt a little bit. That cost me a good bit of money. So unfortunately, that <laughs> happened. Um, but I, I guess the other big thing at the end of the game here, you know, was it a defensive holding? Should it have been called? What, what's no. your take on the whole thing? I mean, Bradbury admitted to holding him. It was just, it is what it is. Like it's, it is, that is the letter of the law. Would I have liked to have seen them not call it? Yeah. Like it wasn't like, like the ball was overthrown. So it was one of those things where in my head as a fan, I'm like, man, I wish you didn't call that. Right. Like, let's just, let's see how this plays out uh, with the remaining time in the game. You're going to still have the opportunity at the field goal, but yeah, I mean, it was a hold. It was absolutely a hold. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, by a letter of the law, he held him twice on the play. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I yeah. mean, they, they hadn't been calling it all game. So if you want to make that, I, I can understand that. But, I mean, refs miss things all the time. There's only so many of them on the field. They've got to watch more players than there are them. So yeah. can they call every single hold that's going to happen? No. Should they call everyone that happens? No. I'm kind of with you that, like, I would have loved to have seen Jalen Hurts had the opportunity to come back with with some more time or something and see what happens at the end of that, or maybe it goes into OT. You know, I would have loved to have seen a more competitive outcome. You hate to see it end that way, but I don't have any problem with it being called. At the end of the day, you know, you play the game the way it's called and everything like that, and got to go for it. Now, I do give some massive props to Brad Bradbury uh, actually admitting that, you know, that was a hold, and then <laughs> – also, I don't care. I thought it was hilarious that Juju comes out and makes that Valentine's Day card for him. <laughs> yeah, that was circling the internet. And uh, AJ Brown kind of obviously a little salty about the, the yeah, game. A little TikTok so boy. Shots fired. little TikTok boy. But one, one thing I do want to look take away from this game going into next year, uh, that I call it the wedge play that the Eagles run where yeah. you know they they put Jalen Hurts under the QB sneak, put two guys behind him on each butt cheek and just shove him forward for three yards every time at like a 90% success rate. That's not existing next year in the NFL. I think they took that rule out that you can't push him from behind anymore. Like they took that rule out a couple of years ago. I think that's going right back in because there's no way for the like good of the game that that can stay. Otherwise, <laughs> everybody's going to go for – I mean, guess may, maybe if they if they want to even make it easier for offenses, everybody's going to go for it on every fourth and one and get it 80% of the time. So if we want more offense, hey, I guess it works. Man, I could see, like, the New England Patriots just being like, this isn't banned? Okay. Ramondre, you're going to line up under center. <laughs> We're just going to run this for four plays. It's windy today, guys. Like, we got a, we got a new game plan in place, and it's going to be the wedge 40 times. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get three, four yards out of it almost every play. It would be a, it would be an absolute pain to play for that offensive line. <laughs> like that's, you, you would be you shoved in the back all game long. Oh man, uh, that would be a rough day at the office. I would hate to. I'd also hate to play yeah. defensive line, though. I mean, I guess maybe you just take some pride in being bigger, stronger, tougher guys on that side of the ball. But man, that would be. Yeah, I mean, we actually back in like my grade school days, we would actually run that play or something similar to it, like probably <laughs> 10 times a game and just pick up like seven, eight yards a time. I, when you got a guy under center like that big and you, and you can line up 
linemen in the backfield if you want to to push up like just find some strong dudes to get an extra push and yeah it's a it is a wild play it feels like it's probably going to get banned should be banned you know i think so especially with what with what we've seen like the statistics on fourth and one and and teams going for it now it's just going to be it's going to be mayhem so um yeah we'll see it'll be a fun fun uh little note this offseason to see how that plays out yeah, any other takeaways you got from Super Bowl weekend? You know, commercials you liked, Rihanna's performance, being out there pregnant and everything. Pregnant. You know, hey, give her some props. I mean, I, I don't really care about any of all that stuff. Nope. That no, time show was all right. You know, it was good. No guest was, performances was a little bit yeah. awkward. Just yeah. only being her. Would have liked to maybe see like Jay-Z come down for one of those like collab songs. Like that would have exactly. been cool. Exactly. Let's get, let's get a guest. But yeah, no, I mean, I no takeaways. She's pregnant. She's a billionaire. Good for her, man. She's yeah, props. She's doing it. Good she job. Didn't need to take that money, so uh, she she decided to to turn down getting paid. So hey, good for her. Yeah, that's yep. pretty much it. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's bring it back to football though, and yeah. get back to uh, look ahead to the twenty twenty three season, where we do have all of our head coaches now locked in place, fully hired. Or do we have Gannon the deal for Gannon actually in ink yet? I don't think so, but it's basically like. I know it's a five-year deal. I don't know if it's been inked, but it is a five-year deal for, okay. for Gannon. Yeah, so right. I, I'm sure there's some terms. Maybe they're working out language, but it's a, as done a deal as you can get. All right. Well, let's start it off actually here. I know I jumped the gun a little bit on Gannon, but we're going to start it off here with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, <clears throat> Indianapolis Colts fired Frank Reich in the middle of the season. I think it was week nine, week 10, something like that. Replace him with old Jeff Saturday. Saturday's on the field <laughs> on Sundays. Uh, we had some incredible fear that he was going to be actually the head coach. Um, apparently the locker room loved him though. I mean, I, I heard some interviews from like radio row and stuff and they were like, we want Jeff Saturday back, but didn't end up, didn't end up happening. They actually took a guy from the Super Bowl, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles going to the Indianapolis Colts to pair with their next quarterback that they're going to draft and groom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, People were worried. Like you think about Jeff Saturday, offensive lineman, you know, by trade, and you're going to be drafting a top five quarterback, whether they trade up or whatever, but they're going to be taking a quarterback there in the top five. And having an offensive mind like Shane Steichen come in gives you kind of a boost of confidence. You already have some fantasy relevant players with Pittman. Uh, Maybe Jelani Woods could be a breakout candidate. And then you're also looking at, um, you know, the, the backfield of JT. So if they have a good quarterback and they have someone that can develop a quarterback, that seems like an exciting offense. And I felt like Shane Steichen was in comparison to what they were interviewing was the best of the, the best that they could have hired there. Yeah. And he does have, you know, he has experience playing quarterback. He played quarterback at UNLV and then he has experience with both Jalen hurts now, obviously with this team. And then he was also the OC with Justin mm-hmm. Herbert. So I have seen a lot of people saying, Hey, you know, maybe they bring in the Jalen hurts type. Maybe they're actually going to draft uh, Anthony Richardson and try to, you know, mold the offense after a Jalen hurts style, but they could also go the Herbert style and take like a CJ Stroud, Will Levis, I think both of those guys would fit that mold. I think they've got a lot of it. They've got a lot of options there in Indy, and I, I think the future is probably pretty bright there with Shane Steichen, as long as he can figure it out. Yeah, I, I, his his motto: pass the ball to score, run the ball to win. Um, 
you know, it, it, it works for JT <laughs> and the offensive game. It does. So, uh, yeah, I think it's an exciting fit for fantasy. And I think it's a good hire for the organization when they are going to be taking a quarterback, whichever one it may be. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I feel like that's going to be an exciting offense to follow, see what the draft kind of turns out. They had a really good offensive line, not this past season in 22, but in 21, they were one of the top five, uh, you know, offense or uh, offensive lines. So, We'll see if they can get back to that. Health plays a key. Um, yeah, anything else you want to touch on with Indy? Nope. We can take it right from Indy, and the coach that got fired is the next coach that got hired. Uh, Frank Reich, in the same year, moves over to the Carolina Panthers and gets the head coaching job right back for him. Might yep. might have just gotten a little bit stale there with Frank Reich. You know, you're. I think he was really fired because he missed on quarterback like three times. Like that was probably really the reason he got fired. Uh, he, he came out of there with a 40, 33 and one head coach record at the Indianapolis Colts. So yeah. not great, not bad, but you can't miss on Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan and have them both gone within a year. Yeah. It feels like he kind of got hung out to dry. Like that, the idea was that, you know, him with, with Andrew Luck, I believe when he first, you know, got brought on board and then, uh, obviously that whole debacle. And then you have two, two vets that you took a chance on. Yeah. Didn't work out. But it seems like he's a good head coach. A lot of people are excited about this. I mean, how do you feel about the fit with Carolina? It seems like, you know, they brought in um, what Staley, the running back coach from uh, from the Detroit Lions. So it's like he's a, he's a very good coach and an offensive mind. Seems like he should be able to develop some players. How do you feel about this offense for fantasy and this hire in general? Yeah, they also brought in Ben McAdoo for their OC yeah. job there. Um, you know, he had his kind of up and downs, whether you like him from his days with the Jaguars or you don't like him from his days with the New York Giants. I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag of what you want. Yeah. But um, I, li I like Frank Reich as a head coach. Um, yeah, I think he did a lot with those Colts teams, and some of them probably did more than you know he should have been able to do with, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see. I do – I think it's good for DJ Moore. I think it's good for the offense. I think they ran the ball at one of the highest rates last year. So in terms of just producing for the fantasy you know, positions for DJ Moore and the receivers, we'll see if maybe they can get another wide receiver in there. I don't think it's Terrace Marshall that's going to be that too for them. But, you know, I, I don't think we're going to be jamming Deonta Foreman up the gut 20 times a game anymore. So, so we'll see. We'll see how that one works. I don't think, you know, he's going to look at that and say, oh, yeah, that's Jonathan Taylor level talent right there i can use them the exact same way uh, i don't think that's yeah. going to be it and he he has experience you know he has some hits and some misses with evaluating and growing quarterbacks so we'll see i i actually like it you know I've, i'm still on the fact that they are going to bring in lamar jackson and he's going to run that offense with him and i'm, I'm still gonna hammer that one home but i am excited if it is like a cj stroud or a will levis that ends up there as well yeah, they're definitely going to have uh, a rookie quarterback, it appears. I mean, in my opinion, uh, I know we, we've differed on the Lamar landing spot. But either way, you're going to have a fun offense. If it is Lamar, like I think you're instantly excited about what that opportunity could be. Uh, but if it's also a rookie quarterback, you have DJ Moore. It does seem like they have holes on the offense. They need a wide receiver, as you mentioned. Like Tommy Trimble hasn't been it at tight end. I, I believe they had a – I thought they had a decent – defense as well so maybe they don't have as many holes to fill uh defensively and they can put some weapons around this rookie quarterback but we'll see it's still i feel like it's going to be a team that's going to be a couple years away in general as far as nfl stake um and then fantasy wise I, I, it just seems like it's another year where we're going to be like 
Yeah, DJ Moore finally got his quarterback. Like this is his year. He's gonna break out, and then he's gonna put up, you know, you know, a thousand eleven hundred yards. He's gonna put up his usual numbers. Be a wide receiver too, and we'll be okay. He got Jimmy G. (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy G. Derek Carr. No, I I do think they probably either go with a either go with a rookie or trade for a big time event asset. So. We'll see what they do, but I think the future is bright there in Carolina. But like you said, a couple more holes to fill. From there, unless you got anything more to touch, I'm going to jump into the Arizona Cardinals here. We'll go there. They fired Cliff Kingsbury after just signing him to an extension through 2027. He said, deuces, and I'm going to go off to foreign country over there and just chill out for a bit. I think he's back in the States now because he interviewed for the uh, OC job or one of the jobs on the offensive positions for the Texans, but he did not get that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> as a Texans fan, I will uh, be happy about that one. But they did end up replacing Cliff Kingsbury with Jonathan Gannon, another coordinator from the Super Bowl that we just saw there. And, you know, people are saying, oh, no, you can't get beat like that in the Super Bowl and then go be a defensive coordinator somewhere else. Yeah, that's not that's not a good fit. But, you know, people look at the quarterbacks they played, the quarterbacks they didn't play. Obviously, the good quarterbacks, they gave up like 40 points a game or something and crazy that people are all tripped out about. I don't know. I've heard good things about Gannon as just a leader. Um, I think it'll matter a lot for this offense, who they bring in as their OC. I have heard rumors that it could possibly be Clint Kubiak linked there. And so I don't know how that would work with Kyler. Would they be a good fit? feels like Kyler needs a strong hand. I hope Gannon can be that or whoever they bring in at OC could be that. Uh, that that's really what I'm looking for in this team. Yeah, I mean, I think Clint Kubiak actually may be a solid hire for them, you know, as far as an offense. Uh, I believe he had one year as offensive coordinator in Minnesota, and they had like 25 points a game, 360 yards, you know, on offense. Um, And if it's anything like uh, the the Kubiak system, they're going to they're going to run the ball like they're going to absolutely run the ball, but they're going to to open things up. And Kyler, I think, would be a good fit with play action type offense, get him rolling out of the pocket, uh, give him some open passing lanes. You know, if they do resign Hollywood. Uh, sounds like they're going to be trading away D hop, but maybe they bring in some other weapons. Uh, they obviously have Trey McBride there as, as a second round tight end that they drafted. So they, they have some opportunity. Kyler's health obviously comes into play, but Gannon got a five-year contract. We'll see what that means. Maybe he's just the fall guy. <laughs> like maybe it's just a one year guy. Like, I hope that's not the case, you know, for, for these guys and their career pass. And I'm sure that's not like the, the intention, but, um, that, that team needed some help. Uh, I feel like they've, they can put the right pieces in place um, to to make that a good hire. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're going to be in full rebuild mode, though. I really do. They they feel like they're they trade Kyler eventually. I could see it if we get to, you know, he's come. I think he'll get the year off of the ACL to come back and try to prove it again. But I think after that, if you can get somebody to pick up that contract and buy into the hope of Kyler Murray, depending upon what that contract looks like out in 2025, I guess that would be if they don't turn it around by then. And like I said, it's going to be a full nuke. I mean, maybe you just hit the nuke button again on the quarterback position and try to rebuild everything else around the quarterback and bring in a new quarterback. It hasn't worked with, it hasn't worked with cliff. Uh, We'll, we'll see. I I don't think the the fit was good with cliff. He was a little bit too easy with Kyler and Kyler's going to probably take advantage of that a little bit, you know, only study four hours a week or whatever (laughs) and so hopefully hopefully we can get some stability in arizona but with everything going on there behind the scenes i don't know we'll we'll see if they figure it out it kind of feels like a texan situation 
yeah, it feels like a lot of mystery fantasy wise, not a, not a team I'm really excited about many, many players on, uh, you know, at this point, I'm sure it'll be okay. But yeah, until Kyler does come back from that ACL injury, it's, it's kind of a mystery. We'll see what moves they make this off season and in the draft. Um, but yeah, that those, those pieces might be, might be in some trouble. So uh, anything else you want to touch on here with the Cardinals? Nope, I think I'm good on the Cardinals. We'll take it over to my Houston Texans that did yeah. fire Lovey Smith, two head coaches. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Lovey, no, David Coley. David Coley and Lovey Smith fired back-to-back seasons, both one and duns. And then I think they finally they finally torn this thing down. That, that was still old regime, not old regime, but you know that was still from the Coley system of last year. And I think they finally are saying, hey, we're going to finally end this tank that we had to burn down everything because of Bill O'Brien and uh, Jack Easterby. We got our guy now, D'Amico Ryans, an ex-Houston Texans linebacker, loved the team, apparently in his interview process said like first interview is just like, hey, you know, this is good. I want to be back in Houston, like whatever you guys can do to get me here. I want to be here, and I absolutely love that. So, D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator out of San Fran, build up that build up that defense. He also brought over his passing game coordinator, Bobby Slowick, from the offensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator, the passing game coordinator in San Fran. So maybe we can see some of that Shanahan system be brought over as well. Would really like that with uh, Damian Pierce and. You know, bring in another running back, bring in some more wide receivers, bring in a quarterback. We still need a lot, still need yeah. a lot to build here. But uh, I think the, I think the Houston Texans are finally found a guy that they're going to stick with through thick and thin for a couple of years here. Yeah. I don't see a one-year turnover. D'Amico Ryan's did an incredible job. I'm super excited for, for this organization, to be honest with you. Uh, I feel like he's a very good hire. He knows what he's going to do and he's going to do it his way, which is kind of, you know, I'd be, I'm going to be interested to see what they do in the draft and what offseason moves they make because of that. Um, Cause it feels like they're in prime opportunity to get uh, some two of the best pass rushers and two of the best defensive players uh, with, with Jalen Carter uh, or Will Anderson. And if they are able to, to draft that way, figure out quarterback for a year, you know, or even trade for Trey Lance. Like there's been you know, rumors of things like that. Like I know that it sounds like a big gamble, but you're probably not gonna have to give up much to do it. But familiarity is there. So we'll see what kind of what plays out. I feel like it's a situation I'm excited to to follow and monitor uh, to see what offseason moves they do make when when free agency period starts up. Yeah, I mean, just for being, you know, tapped in every day around here. Yeah. We're taking quarterback early. Um, we're, we're, we're drafting quarterback <laughs> as much as I don't really want to do it because I think it's better long term for the team. If we do draft a guy like Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, from everything I've heard, Nick Casario kind of needs to start the start the process, actually draft a quarterback and actually see some hits start to form and not just put another tank year into place if he wants to keep his job. So it does feel like they're actually going to be drafting a quarterback. Make sure he at least has two years to develop that guy and see where the offense goes or the team goes two years down the line. I would love to just see like a Trey Lance trade or just bring in like a a Gardner Minshew to just go like another four and 12 season. Um, you know, run it. A lot of Caleb. (laughs) A lot of other Houston Texans fans hate it because they haven't seen winning football in like three years and they want it back. But like, I, you know, I can, I can take another, I can take another loss or I can take another loss of a year that I don't really care about. (laughs) Just send me to the future. I'm all right with it. But it does sound like we're going to be going quarterback there. What I don't want to see though is just don't trade up to one. Just do not trade up to number one when you're sitting at the 102. 
for one of these quarterbacks. Just don't do that, and I'll be happy. Yeah, well, and, and I think that'll kind of determine a lot. If they feel like they have two quarterbacks that they feel confident in, and if they miss out on the guy, the, the guy at one, or if they have only one guy and they do get taken at one, I, I don't think they're trading up. I feel like they do understand they have holes. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, I feel like that's that's a pick that they have to hit on is the way I see it. Yep. You know, whether it's offense or defense, if they if they have a quarterback that they feel that they can hit on, it, you can't swing and miss at, at one hundred two. You know, at this point, I, I feel like for for them to rebuild correctly, that that's what needs to happen, or they need to, yeah, trade out. But that's not that's not happening. Yeah. So enough on my Texans, though. Let's yep. move into your Broncos. Uh, traded away a first round pick plus for Sean Payton. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, am I excited about Sean Payton? Yes. Uh, there, there's a lot of rumor that around the league that they don't think that he can fix Russ, which is interesting. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily fixing to do with Russ, but uh, it, it's kind of scary to hear that as a as a Broncos fan off right off the bat. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about this one. I'm, not, I'm definitely not as optimistic as, as the as I am about the Houston Texans, to be honest with you. I feel like Denver is in a hole. They're in a situation where Russ needs to figure it out. And I've been a staunch Russ supporter. You know, I feel like it's going to work itself out. I don't think he was as bad as he was last year. He made strides when they moved, um, you know, their tight end coach to offensive coordinator and, and had different plays being called. So those last couple of games were promising that he's not like dead right like he still has arm talent left he's still a functioning quarterback he's he's obviously in the back half of his career but i'm not really worried about him uh per se i do think the offense will be will be better javante is going to be healthy offensive line is going to be healthy like they're, they're going to be able to do so much uh with with judy and Cortland sutton tim patrick is actually like he's a huge he, he was missed greatly i know it sounds like a he's like the tyler boyd of the offense right like right it's nice to have that kind of piece for your offense so yeah he's missed dolchich is going to have another year in the system they had a very good defense like this is a team that could turn around quickly i just hate giving up a first round pick for a coach it just doesn't it doesn't feel great. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> it doesn't feel great, but if if you can quote unquote, like everybody says, fix Russ, which I'm, right. I'm kind of with you that like, I don't think it's like a full, just like mental or mechanical fix that he has no. to do with them. I think it's more of just like bring him into the organization, get him actually comfortable in there, get him actually talking with his teammates instead of having to go through his agents to go talk to him or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> But the, there, there are signs there. I'd say, like, you know, the difference between like the the Broncos and the Texans. You've got the pieces in place, like yeah. you said. You've got your Javante Williams. You've got that stout defense. You've got offensive weapons that are still there, and Judy and Dolchich, and we'll see if Cortland Sutton can get back to anything. It's just, it's just right. building the quarterback and actually meshing it all together. First is a lot to give up, and I know a lot of people are going to clown it, but it's been done before. Yep. Truthfully, I don't know the success history of doing it, but. Not great. Um, not great. Okay. Well, we'll see. Well, hopefully this one for you is the uh, is the first time we we see it come to fruition. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Sean Payton's a very good coach. I feel like again, there's not a lot of, of things to improve upon. Like I feel like that they can improve still, but if there's the right offensive scheme in place, I think it can be a very very successful team. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic about it. If anything, pessimistic, but. Um, it's just a tough division too. So yeah, you're playing against Herbert and 
yep. whatever gets brought into the Raiders organization. I don't think that one's actually the tough one. <laughs> Anything right. would be a tough one. But Chiefs and Chiefs and Chargers. For Chiefs sure. and Chargers are there. That's 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 a difficult yeah. road to go through. Um, one question that I, I legitimately was trying to prep for the show and I couldn't find it is the play caller that took over. Is he still going to be the quote unquote OC? Like I know Sean Payton's going to play call, but is Outen still there with y'all? Like if you heard anything, just being in like being yeah. your team. I so I don't honestly know right now what his status was because I know they were talking about bringing in Lombardi. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so that that is like I don't think anything officially has been done. So the Titans actually hired Otten. That's right. So okay. he is gone. Um, he's hired as the running back coach, last run game coordinator there. So that just happened um, within the last twenty four hours here. So okay. he's gone. They are going to be bringing in new people. I'm a little nervous about Lombardi. But you know, in all honesty, he's probably I mean, a better fit with Russ than Herbert was. Like right. with with what Russ does well, I feel like that that could be a, a good match. So um, we'll see. Yeah, Lots throw to of, a yeah. pass catching running back and Javante Williams. He's more. I yeah. think he can run much better between the tackles than like an Austin Eckler can, where you're just trying to slam him up the middle for like two yards a carry and then throw screen passes. I think it, I think Javante is a little bit more fully refined if he can recover from that knee injury. So. Yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see what they end up doing here. And then defensively, I know this isn't fantasy-related, but this is just kind of interesting. Obviously, um, Ajiro Avero, who was their defensive coordinator last year, he, I think he's left. He's with the Panthers, I believe. Uh, Rex Ryan has been reported <laughs> as the top candidate. And I'm not kidding you for defensive coordinator. That was that was actually something I was reading uh, not too long ago. So uh, earlier today. And if that's the case, I mean, Rex Ryan had some damn good defenses. But anyways, let's move on here. Uh, enough about the Broncos. I can talk about them all night. Baltimore Ravens fired Greg Roman, hired Todd Munkin out of Georgia. Obviously, he was the offensive coordinator with the Bucs when, uh, when Jameis Winston was there. So exciting offense, but lots of question marks in Baltimore. Lots of question marks in Baltimore. I've been calling for Greg Roman's head for two years now. Um, so... <laughs> Thankfully, we got that. I honestly, like, regardless now of what happens to Lamar Jackson, like, I still hope he leaves. But, you know, yeah. I, I'm actually – I have more hope now that Greg Roman's out. We'll put it that way. You know, we'll yeah. see what Todd Munkin can do with the athletic, versatile quarterback if he does decide to stay. I would be interested to see if, like, Lamar comes out and says, like, he – I know they said he was trying to have a hand – the organization wanted him to have a hand in picking the O.C., so yeah. I haven't heard anything that that actually happened. So does that what does that say about the you know relationship between the two sides? Be interesting to see if anything comes out about that. But still want Lamar gone. Yeah, it feels like the organization's making a decision for themselves. And if Lamar is on board with it, great. If not, then they have a good offensive coordinator. Because bottom line, with or without Lamar, Munkin is a is a is a damn good offensive coordinator. He's an offensive mind and. You know, you have good run game in place already. You have Bateman. Who knows what he could be? You have, you know, you have up hick right now. Maybe you have more if you get rid of Lamar and, and sign a you know, different uh, quarterback. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I, it's a another fun situation to monitor just because you do have fantasy relevant players already on that team and, and how that offense may change from a Greg Roman offense to a, a Munkin offense. So um, what is next on tap? Next thing we got is the Washington Commanders did fire their OC and Scott Turner. That's right. Unfortunately, Ron Rivera is still the head coach because the organization just likes him and they're probably going to go through an organizational change at the next level, at the ownership level. So I think they're probably just keeping him on for that first year, kind of like the uh, Broncos did. I guess they've 
they did more of an off-season firing and hiring of their head coach. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens with Ron Rivera. I think he probably just gets a year and is done, and then they kind of get their guy after that. But they have not replaced their OC yet. There have been reports that I believe Greg Roman, who we just talked about, and then yeah. Eric Bieniemy are interviewing for that OC position. I don't think Eric Bieniemy leaves to go to another OC position, even though people are saying that that's what he needs to go on. There's already started to be rumors about uh, Andy Reid retiring, so I think he's probably just going to be chill, sitting there, get a pay raise, and just sit there and wait until he can coach Patrick Mahomes for the rest of his life. Yeah, and I feel bad for Eric Bieniemy. It sounds like there's like rumors coming out about his his past from 20, 30 years ago affecting his his interviewing right now and, and him getting a job. Um, Andy Reid came out last year like lobbying for Eric Bieniemy to be a head coach and and asking these owners why he isn't a head coach in this league. So, you know, it's kind of a sad and unfortunate situation for for that fact. But hey, you know what? If I'm an offensive coordinator of, of the Kansas City Chiefs, I can take that pay raise. And if I have something in line where I could coach this team for the rest of my life and my career, you usually don't get to step into a situation like that. So um, I think he stays in Kansas City as well. Greg Roman, sure, go, go to the commanders. I have run the ball another, with Gibson and, and, and B Rob again. I don't know. Like have another mediocre offense. We'll, yeah. we'll see what they do at quarterback. I guess they're going to roll out Sam Howell for the entire year. Still don't believe that one's happening. Sounds but. like they're setting themselves up to fire everybody next offseason. So really? we'll see. But, yeah. uh, so Dallas Cowboys brought in Brian Schottenheimer from the Seahawks. Uh, the Schottenheimer name has a, you know, it's. Mm, got a connotation Big. to it but truly i mean it's it's the mccarthy offense yep it so is. uh you think it's probably a little bit stale from the time in green bay i don't know they got rid of kellen moore though i think they like more so just like agreed to part ways because jerry jones wasn't going to pay like 30 million dollars to just coaches yeah uh, because kellen moore was going to take a pay raise if he was going to stay so they said all right mccarthy you're going to actually have to do something here if you're just going to fuck up time management positions for us. So go call plays and actually earn a little bit of the keep of your money and then bring yeah. in a, bring in an offensive coordinator and Brian Schottenheimer to help you out. I don't think, it, I don't think it's as bad as people are probably going to try to make it out to be. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm too concerned either. I, I feel like they're, I'm more concerned with what they do as far as re-signing players and bringing players in than I am anything. Cause you know, they have decisions to make at running back Schultz at tight end. They need another wide receiver opposite of CD land. It's not Michael Gallup. It's not T Y Hilton. It's not Jalen Tolbert. Like they need to figure out something else there. So I feel like that will determine more of how this season goes for the Cowboys than anything. Yep, and they need. They also need a running back that actually has a little bit of juice in them, and not Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, we paired this one up with Kellen Moore leaving the Dallas Cowboys, and he got sent right over to the Los Angeles Chargers. And this is where I think people are actually going to be excited about stuff. Um, yeah. Whether Kellen Moore can actually game script and game manage, I still have personal questions about. But what he does do is he throws the ball a good amount. He's going to be paired up with Justin Herbert um, and, and the weapons there, maybe minus Keenan Allen from what we're hearing and what it sounds like, but they'll probably bring in you know a couple of other weapons, maybe a tight end or the wide receiver position as well. I, li I like the fit a lot more than I did Joe Lombardi. So uh, yes. Kell Kellen Moore at the Los Angeles Chargers. Hopefully you can revitalize this offense and Justin Herbert a little bit. Yep, I 
got weapons in place. Kellen Moore is going to have fun with that team. Uh, looking forward to seeing how that pans out, what what changes they do, do decide to make as far as cutting Keenan Allen, trading him, or, or bringing in other wide receivers in general, running backs as well. Spiller's not someone they drafted. Uh, will they have a use for him? How are they going to use Eckler going forward? Obviously, he's going to be on the field. Is he going to have that Tony Pollard-esque role? So, um, yeah, you know, it'll be it's a fun situation to check out for fantasy and for for our own sake. All right, moving on to the New England Patriots, who relieved their defensive coordinator of offensive coordinator <laughs> duties. Um, they brought in Bill O'Brien from Alabama, where he was last at as the offensive coordinator there with Nick Saban. Bring him back into the fold of the New England Patriots system. You know, I mean, anything is anything is better than what happened last year for Mac Jones in this offense. They're still devoid of weapons in the passing game. Yes. Um, so we'll see what they do in the offseason. They'll probably draft Tyler Scott and sign Alan Lazard, if I had to guess. Feels like a <laughs> feels like a Patriots move. <laughs> um but Sorry, I, I don't think it, I don't think it can be as bad as <laughs> I don't think it can be as bad as uh, whatever his name is, the defensive coordinator. Patricia. Yeah. Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I was thinking of uh, another different one of Matt Canada for some reason was the name in my head, but uh, yeah, he's still around in Pittsburgh, by the way, we won't talk about him, but yeah, we'll talk in Pittsburgh about that. too. <laughs> yep. Uh, Bill O'Brien, like I said, I, th- I think that's basically enough of like, it just can't be any worse. Yep. Can't be any worse. And he was a good, you know, stays in his lane just as a, as a coordinator. If they, if they put some pieces around, uh, it's going to be better. Going to be better. Yeah. All right. The New York Jets have parted ways with Mike LaFleur, which is basically their nice way of saying that uh, Sala didn't want him fired and the organization wanted him gone. So they parted ways and then they brought You should in... go search for a job. <laughs> they just put that notice. You should go search for a job, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to fire you and say that you were fired on your resume. Yeah. Uh, really? Then they bring in Nathaniel Hackett, the other guy who was fired for destroying the Denver Broncos season. So... Yeah, sounds like there's there's motive behind that. Again, it, Broncos thought you know they're going after Aaron Rodgers when they hired Hackett. Didn't happen. Uh, Patriot or sorry, the Patriots, the Jets said they are bringing in a veteran quarterback. Maybe they do use this as ammo to try and trade for uh, for Rodgers. But hey, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like they need to figure out something at quarterback. I don't care who the offensive coordinator is. It's not Zach Wilson if they want to nope. succeed. So there's definitely nope. some some things that need to change for that offense to be successful. I don't care who the coordinator is, but yeah, whatever. Every offensive weapon is lobbying for every free agent quarterback. <laughs> I'm in Zach Wilson's time is done there. I don't care what the organization says. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Unless he sits and grooms under a quarterback, like maybe they do bring in Aaron Rodgers and then they he sits there and grooms and actually like learns from a true vet of a little bit of like how to run and he can slowly regain some confidence. And then like year five, come back and finally take yeah. this, take over this team again, maybe, but he's not here for the next one or two years outside of injury. So someone uh, well, said it today that it's felt like Josh Rosen, right? Like it feels yeah. like a Josh Rosen S type situation, but yeah. do we have the, uh, do you remember the list of quarterbacks that came out of like their top quarterback candidates? I know it was Tannehill Rogers Carr, and one more. I think it might've been like Jimmy G is their last. Yeah. Year. It was Roger. So in order, they actually put, I don't know how they have the order now known, but it was Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, uh, Jimmy G, and then Tannehill were the were the four. Yeah. So and for that, you'd probably assume that Tannehill would be cut for that to happen. I don't think you're sending any capital to go get Ryan Tannehill on that contract, but you know, maybe it's the Jets. Maybe. 
<laughs> they uh, swing and miss, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finishing this up. Yeah. Two couple more here. The LA Rams, they had to replace their offensive coordinator because Liam Cohn left to go be the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. I guess just he had some like commitment to his alma mater and wanted to coach there. So he just switches from OC in the NFL to OC at the University of Kentucky. And they bring in the old Jets offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. So they said, Hey, you know, we you're looking to uh you're looking to potentially leave your job. You're putting out, you know, applications because you're gonna be fired here if you don't in the next week. Uh come on over, help Sean McVeigh out, see if he can get that offense back to functioning properly. Uh, I don't think he's gonna be doing much with this offense, though. It's still Sean McVeigh's offense, and we'll see if Mike LaFleur can get a little bit of clout back to his name being under Sean McVeigh. Uh, real quick before we do move on, Sean McVeigh is still. He's coached for seven years in the NFL, and he's still the youngest head coach now that we have filled all of the head coach positions. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> That's fucking insane. Uh, but, so to wrap wrap things up here with our last team, or is there anything on the Rams? No, I don't, I don't got anything there. Hopefully Stafford can be healthy and they can yeah. do something next year. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, yeah. At Tennessee Titans, last of the least here, Todd Downing fired. Uh, he's now passing game coordinator with the Jets. So another another. T- you know, failure going to the Jets. Tim Kelly got promoted from passing game coordinator to the offensive coordinator. I don't think he's ever had a coordinator position. So first time coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator with Bill O'Brien in the Houston Texans office. Was he? Okay. I know he had some, I know he had a bunch of different roles. I wasn't sure if he was actually the OC at any time. So woo. And play caller. If if you want to have like a Jason Garrett mold that we're going to run the ball on first and second down and throw it on third and long, that's your guy, Tim Kelly. All right. Well, they got the running back to do that. So, um, yeah, I, who cares? Like, I just don't care. I feel like Vrabel should have been fired. This yep. whole situation, it seems like it's a hot mess. Offense is a hot mess. I, good fucking luck. Like, I <laughs> I just, I don't want any part of that team. I, I love Derrick Henry, but for his sake, I hope they cut or trade him. Like, they need a reset. It feels yeah, like they unfortunately, you know, it sounds like there's a possibility of Tannehill getting cut and maybe Derrick Henry getting cut because they are cap strapped with how bad that team is. Yeah. Um, no one knows why, but it feels like they're one year away from a blow up and they're just going to try to run it back go like six and 11 and then finally fire everybody and cut everybody and go into their rebuild. Yep. So that wraps things up here. Uh, any last things of note you want to touch on before we get out of here? Um, no, I mean, there's a couple of offensive coordinator positions left to fill. We'll see what the Baltimore yep. Ravens and the Washington Commanders do. We'll keep track. We'll keep track of that over the next week here. I think we should have something probably by the end of this week, maybe end of next week at the most. And then we're going to be, you know, moving into we're going to be moving into combine talk. We got it. It's, it comes it comes fast and uh, underwear Olympics, baby. Let's let's get some hype for some four two guys. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Let's overreact to everything. I'm, I'm ready for the season. Yeah. Season just ended and I'm already ready for the season. Yep, same. Well, please like and subscribe to this channel. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here in the Fantasy Draft Room. 